after a 3-5 start to the season, the San Francisco 49ers have found a way to scratch and claw into the NFC Championship game for the second time in three years after an absolutely ridiculous win against the Green Bay Packers on Saturday night. We're going to recap that crazy game right here on the 49 Away Podcast and then we're going to look ahead to the 49ers NFC Championship matchup against the Los Angeles Rams once again part three Niners Rams Shanahan McVay here we go with a trip to Super Bowl 56 on the line we're gonna break it all down and much more on this episode of the 49 away podcast so get comfy keep it locked and don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis What's going on, Faithful? And welcome back to another episode of the 49er Way Podcast. The San Francisco 49ers have done it, Faithful. They are one win away from Super Bowl 56 and are in the NFC Championship game for the second time in three years. Jay Sohoda, Zach Chevy, and we are now joined by our guest today, who I'm very, very excited for this guest Welcome to the 49 Away Podcast, Mike from the Angry Degenerate Podcast. Mike, I appreciate your time, brother, for coming on. This is going to be a hell of an episode. Take a minute to introduce yourself and uh, and and plug in your work. Yeah, what's up, guys? I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. I've been a, a fan of you guys' show. You guys do great work. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I'm a lifelong 49er fan. I try to not make my, my content all 49er based because I that's not just what I want to be about. But I am a lifelong fan going back to uh, uh, the, the later on Steve Young years, early on Jeff Garcia years. Um, so I, I, I've never seen the 49ers quite lift up that Lombardi trophy, even though we have five. Um, but uh, yeah, I started this the Angry Degenerate Crusade about uh, in March of last year. And uh, it's been great. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at The Angry Degenerate. You can follow my podcast wherever podcasts are found. It's called The Angry Degenerate Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at The Angry Degenerate. And I also have a YouTube channel as well under the same moniker. And uh, yeah, man, I'm very excited to be on your show. Uh, in fact, the, the podcast that I, 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 I've taken a slight little sabbatical on the podcast I'm doing the podcast stuff, just life and, and, and all this type of stuff. But I, I expect to be back next week, and I expect to be back next week, hopefully talking about a 49er win. That's dope, man. Yeah, if, if anyone has not followed him already, go ahead and do so, man. You make some hilarious videos, bro. It's, it's jokes. But, I mean, I hope so. I mean, Zach and I ourselves have not been able to watch the 49ers hold up a Lombardi trophy. So yep. we're hoping that this is the time to do it. I know I, I promised myself, I know last time the Niners won the NFC title, I think I celebrated a little too much. So I promised myself this time, that ain't the one that we're going for now. But having said that, it's against the Rams, so we know it's going to be a little special that they're able to get it done. But let's, let's before we get ahead of ourselves and preview the Rams game, let's go back to Saturday night. The Niners-Packers, goodness gracious me, nothing was going right for this, Packer, for, for the, for this Niners offense against this Packers team. Right, the Packers went down the field to start the game. They go down, they score a touchdown. We're like, all right, I guess this is how it's going to be. And yet this defense just did not go away. They kept fighting. They got some turnovers. And somehow, some way, it came down to a special teams block at the end of this. Mike, what were some of your takeaways from this absolutely absurd win? And Zach, you can go and give your thoughts after. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I had similar sentiments as you guys. When they went, when Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers offense on that first drive went down the field and scored that touchdown, I said, uh-oh, this is not going to look pretty. And then we saw the offense and how they were performing. And, and George Kittle having dropped passes, passes being dropped everywhere, the run game not getting going. But you know what? The, the testament, the the – the, the resilience of this team kept them in the game. The resilience of the defense, the bend not break. They are the all-stars of the year. D'Amico Ryans might get a, a head coaching opportunity. I see that he might be the leader in the clubhouse with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, and, and, and to, if you told me, if you 
put a thousand dollars on me or with me and said, Hey, who's going to win the game for the 49ers? I would say, well, you know, it's going to be, you know, Debo Samuel It's going to be Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, you know, maybe Jimmy might, might make a, a crucial throw. Who was the goddamn special teams? The damn special teams, <laughs> which has been probably, it definitely has been the worst unit by far, where we have by far one of the worst special teams in the NFL. But, you know, the good thing is, is we played a worse special teams than us. And we, <laughs> and, 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 and we I mean, we, we got the job done, and that's all that matters. And, and, and I'm happy to be here talking about it because, uh, uh, you know, I had a good feeling going into the game. I think the Niners match up very well against the Green Bay Packers, and I was right. And and I I I'm expecting the same. Uh, we match up, as you know, very well against the Rams. So so uh, yep. I'm hoping the same the same. Uh, we have same results, but uh, let's get the same results, meaning the W. But uh, let's have a different outcome. Let's blow them the fuck. Uh, let's blow them out of the water, man. You know what? You know what, man? Usually we can we try to keep you know we don't know what kind of audience is, but man, we're in the NFC championship game, man. I don't really give a yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that, man. You know, and after such a nail biting victory against the Packers, like, you know, it's nice to finally breathe a little bit. But yeah, I gotta say, I agree with you. The special teams, they've been letting us down the entire season, man. And, you know, going up against a worse special teams than us, it kind of made me feel good at the beginning of the game because I knew our special teams were at least even with theirs. So I thought, okay, they, they won't mess up this game. And the offense just out of no, like, just stopped working. For some reason, the, the Green Bay defense, which it's been great this year. I know we talked about it on the show last week. Devondre Campbell, Jair Alexander's back. Eric Stokes has been good as a rookie. Like, their their defense has been really good, and, you know, it kept us in check. But it was that amazing play, those amazing plays on special team that really kept us in this game. And then there's not much more you can say about this defense that we haven't said already. Like, it, they were spectacular. Uh, in a game against Aaron Rodgers, the – MVP candidate right now, back-to-back MVP candidates. Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. And then the dynamic duo out of the backfield, granted Dylan got hurt, but Aaron Jones uh, and A.J. Dylan, and, and you're able to stop them and hold them to only 10 points after they get an amazing first drive and score on you and look so easy. Like, yeah, big credit to the defense, big credit to D'Amico Ryans. I definitely think he deserves a head coaching job, and I think he may get one after his performance. But, yeah, you know, the defensive line continued to be great. Bosa had two sacks. Armstead had two sacks. You know, it, it, they just they were just going crazy. And, and you know, a, a big shout-out to uh, the boy George Kittle. You know, I, I said the last couple weeks, uh, you know, the production starting to slow down, you know, and, and when Jimmy G gets in tight situations on third downs, he's got to start looking for George Kittle. That's his boy. And, you know, he had six targets this game, four receptions. So it was nice to see Kittle get uh, a bit more usage and a bit more looks his way this uh, week. So, yeah, I, I think it was a good game. I'm excited for the Rams game next week. I, I definitely got to start by by just saying D'Amico Ryan's man – what this guy's just been able to do on a weekly basis, getting his defense going, is just absolutely incredible. The way that he was able to take away CeeDee Lamb against the Cowboys, the way that he was able to adjust after the Packers just went right down the field like it was nobody's business and score on the opening drive, the way that he was able to adjust, the way that his defense was able to adjust, Fred Warner getting that fumble on, the, on I think it was the second drive was huge. Really, I think, switched the momentum of this ball game as a whole. And Devontae Adams, who torched us on that first possession, you didn't really hear a lot about him. And Aaron Jones, you see, you look at his stats, he had over 129 passing yards. More than half of that came on that, that busted coverage on that final play in the first half. So overall, just a hell of a job. And man, yo, Eric Armstead, oh my God, man, this guy is just balling right now. He is playing at such a high level. I, I mean, I couldn't be more proud of the way that he's doing it. And then on special teams, of course, it had to come down to special teams. Mike, you put it perfectly. We it just got lucky that we we're playing a special teams that was just more trash than us. But the Packers special teams has been consistently bad all year long. The Niners have a few, a few mistakes here and there. I wouldn't say it's been awful, but it definitely has been a weakness. But the Packers have been consistently trash on special teams all year long. 
But man, I I, I love the fact that it was Talanoa Hafunga that mm-hmm. got the touchdown. I've been high on him, Chevy. You know, I've been high on yep. him all year long. The fact that it was him that got the touchdown, loved it. Jordan Willis, a guy that really we didn't mm-hmm. have him for the first few games of the season due to a suspension, to have him back and come up with arguably a lot of people are saying one of the biggest plays in 49ers playoff history is just simply on, a, on an ankle injury too. Jordan Willis, kudos to him. That was a hell of a job there. But, man, for Aaron Rodgers, oh, man, to be 0-4 against the Niners all time in the postseason. And to not, it wasn't even up to him. It was about the special teams. Back, Let's go all the way back to 2014 when they took on the Seahawks in the NFC title game. Special teams blew it for him again. Deja vu for Rodgers. And it's always somebody that's not him that's making a mistake. Tough for him. And that might have been the last time that he that – he, Don's a Green Bay Packer uniform anymore, and and I'm glad we were the one to send him out. But- hey, how about how about how about this? The, the Niners might have sent out Aaron Rodgers. They might have sent out Sean Payton, and uh, and and now uh, you know uh, the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is going crazy over there. The Niners are just destroying franchises left and right this postseason. <laughs> It's a good point. The Rams the Cow- will be next. The Cowboys yeah. might lose Dan Quinn to a coaching gig. So there you go. That's a that yeah, might as well toss that one in there because Dan Quinn has done wonders with that with that defense. But yeah, that is uh that is pretty impressive. And it, it, it would only do justice if we got one more Sean McVay meme in there, wouldn't it? I mean, that would just put the cherry on top, really. But every game is different. Every time we play the Rams, it's a different game. I like Mike, you also said it best that every time we play them, it's a different game. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But just the way the Niners were to be so resilient in this ballgame was just simply incredible to beat Matt LaFleur in the playoffs. And for Shanahan, and we'll talk a bit about this in a bit, how big of a game this this is for Kyle Shanahan. But overall, this the resilience was great. Um, I just want to get your all takes. Obviously, Mike's the first time we're talking to you all season long here. What are your thoughts on Garoppolo? I know everyone's kind of talking smack about him. Listen, we're in the NFC title game. I don't really give a damn. People go and good, just go and talk their talk. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing an NFC cha- championship game and one went away from playing in his second Super Bowl in three years. So people can go and shut up. But I want to get your take. What's kind of your initial thoughts on Garoppolo as a quarterback, how the season has gone, and what do you think he needs to do um, in this Rams game to get the job done? I, I, like many 49er fans, have a love-hate relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the guy has the demeanor, the toughness. People questioned his toughness a lot in, in years past, but I think that has kind of gone away with, with you know, the, the grittiness, the performances he's been putting on with his shoulder now and, and his thumb in recent weeks. Um, you know, Jimmy's one of those guys that, you know, I, I think he's he's never going to be that top-tier echelon quarterback. I think we kind of already know who he is. He's going to be a guy that's going to throw you, you know, 20 to 25 touchdowns a year. He's going to throw some picks. and and and. But at the end of the day, the guy wins. And, and say what you want. Say what you want. The 49ers win when he is on the football field. Now, what does that mean all for the future? Well, he has a $25 million uh, salary next year. Um, you have a quarterback that you just drafted, paid a hefty price for, and Trey Lance. Is he ready? Is he not? I would lean towards he's getting ready, I suppose. And, uh, and when I look at this team going forward for the future, um, as much as I love Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I definitely think he is like – I think when 49er fans, when they look at the Jimmy Garoppolo era – 10, 15, 20 years from now, they're going to think of that guy very positively. They're going to, when he comes back and, and is part of the ring of honor, I think he's going to get cheered at, at Levi's Stadium. But yeah. I think it's, I think when I look at his salary and I say, hey, well, guess what? We got, we got contracts coming up for Bosa. We got contracts coming up for Debo Samuel. People need to get paid around here, and uh, I think uh, some of those pay- some of those some of those contracts are going to come after are going to come off of Jimmy's uh, dispensed salary. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I've been saying it for a while. You know, this is the last dance for Jimmy G. It's it's been said, it's been known. You know, I, I read somewhere that Kyle said it's actually been a good thing 
that, you know, we're so blunt about it and we're talking about it uh, all the time because we know it's reality. We know it's going to it's going to come. So it's it's really helping them in this playoff run because they have that motivation, that drive to win this last one with Jimmy for Jimmy for the team. So, you know, as much as I love Jimmy, I think he will go down uh, as one of the, the great Niner quarterbacks because lo- look at what he's doing. His play, his success as a Niner is ridiculous. Jimmy is a winner. No matter if it's the team around him or Jimmy, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work if Jimmy's not there. And that's been proven with uh, Kyle Shanahan. His record without Jimmy is not good. And his record with Jimmy is great. So, you know, as much as people like to, you know, hate on Jimmy, he's brought us to this position where we are and he's going to continue bringing us uh, further in the playoffs because he he's our best quarterback and he's our best opportunity. But as you said, with the salary, it doesn't make sense to keep him, especially what you paid for Trey Lance. You have all this like information, you have all this lined up, but this is the best part for Jimmy G him being in the playoffs, him succeeding, him winning. All it's going to do is show some, show other teams we don't need a quarterback who's uber talented. We need a Jimmy G. You know, we got a talented roster. We need a guy who can facilitate and lead us to win. And that's what Jimmy G does. So there's a potential that, you know, teams like the Steelers, the Broncos, if they don't get on Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers retires or something like that, they may come looking at Jimmy G. And, you know, if, if they have to pay a price for him, we, we may get something back in return, which will help especially because our uh, prospect cupboard is depleted after the trade for Trey Lance. Yeah, this whole this whole situation right now with the Niners being in the championship game is just a win-win for both sides. I think everyone knows that. Garoppolo's boosting his trade value. The Niners know that this is probably going to be Garoppolo's last dance, and the fact that everyone you know, we're able to be where we are, it's increasing his, his trade value, and the Niners might be able to get some of that draft capital that we gave away to get Trey Lance. It's kind of a win-win for everyone here. But there's no doubt in my mind, I want Garoppolo to finish this era with a Lombardi trophy. Then I feel like it's just, you know, he came in here when we were down on the dumps. He took us from when we were one in 10. And from there on forward, we were a completely different team. Exactly. We all know it. Jimmy Garoppolo is who he is. I'm used to it. That interception that he threw to Stokes at the end of the first half, I'm pretty sure pissed all of us off to no end. But then again, you look at yourself and you're like, well, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's a, I've said this all year long. Jimmy is prone to his one dumbass decision every single week. He's got that one bad miscue, sometimes two, but more times one. That was it. Other than that, you didn't really see. There were a few a little bit, you know, gutsy throws in there that should have been picked, but they weren't. But there was that one that we all said, Jimmy, just throw it away. But Jimmy's still going to do it. So that's my thing with Jimmy. But again, he, the guy's an incredible leader. He really has this locker room. Everyone knows what's happened. Everyone knows that we traded up for Trey Lance. They all know he's the future. But yet this team continues to rally around Jimmy Garoppolo. And Mike, you said it perfectly. The way that he has played in these last three weeks with a thumb injury and a shoulder injury and to come out and ball out. A lot of people are putting the whole thing, especially in this Packers game, because it scores 13 to 10. Our offense couldn't get a lot going. I think we all get that. But it was freezing cold, snowing all second half. Garoppolo, we already know, has a thumb injury. It's already hard enough for him to throw. And the shoulder injury. Trent Williams is hopping around there on one ankle. And Tom Compton was getting destroyed by Rashawn Gary. So so it it was a whole thing, right, for our offense. It was a struggle. But yet in that first quarter, Garoppolo was putting it on George Kittle. He dropped it. He put it on Brandon Ayuk. He dropped it. He was putting balls right on the money, and they were drops. Garoppolo played better in this game than people think, and with the elements, hell, I'm not surprised the score was 13-10, to 10 and Garoppolo was 11 for 19 and 131 yards. I'm not surprised at all. But again, we won the football game, and when it mattered, Garoppolo made two big throws to George Kittle and Debo Samuel to set up Robbie Gold for the game-winning field goal. So for financial reasons, I completely agree with both of you. I think this is probably for financial reasons it's going to be a wrap, even if we win the whole thing. But that's why I want us to win the whole thing for Jimmy Garoppolo to get that because he deserves it. He's played a huge part in this rebuild to get us to where we are today. But we'll see if he can go and beat the Rams because the Rams haven't been able to figure Jimmy Garoppolo out. So they're probably thankful that Jimmy Garoppolo is walking out the door because they're like, damn, we can't find a way to beat this guy. So let's see what the Niners got to do. They'll take on the Los Angeles Rams Sunday night. It's the second 
game. The Chiefs and Bengals will play in the early slate. So, all right, guys, I think we all know, we know the obvious thing here. The Niners have won the amount of games they have. I don't even want to address it because every game is different. Shanahan, McVay, what, Mike, what do you think? What are kind of your initial thoughts going into this matchup and what are your keys to victory? I think we all kind of know the keys to victory, but what are your initial thoughts going into this game? Well, it's going to, to me, it's what Rams are we going to see? They're kind of a, uh, they're kind of a, Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde and Mr. Jekyll or whatever that saying is. I can't Jekyll and Hyde. Moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, are they going to be the team that came out in the first half against us and, you know, put a, you know, we're up 17 points. Are they going to be the team that in the first half last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were running away with the game? Or are they going to be the, the stake-prone team that you see in the second half of these games? I think the key to the game Surprise to no surprise to no one is we need to start fast. We need to control possession. We need to shove it down their, their throat. And that's what we did on Monday Night Football. I would expect us to follow a similar game plan. Now, of course, those these teams are completely different from then and now. Obviously, we saw that in the last game of the season where, you know, they came out guns blazing. I thought we were done. And then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo and company lead us back into the playoffs. And now we're going on this, you know, fairy tale run once, once more. Um, I, I, I think it's really going to come down to which Rams team we will see because they are a team that are that is very prone to mistakes. They are a team that is emotional. They're a team that once things start going bad, they get bad because they do not have outside of maybe Von Miller on that team, who's a proven winner. They don't have many winners on that team. I mean, they have talent. They don't have many proven war daddies like the 49ers do who are in, who have been war, uh, war tested in the playoffs. They don't have that. We do. The 49ers do. And and it's it's really going to come down to, I think a lot of it is going to come down to uh, just just what I said. What, what, what Rams team will show up? Um, uh, and, and like you said, these games often are very different. Now, one game is the same. It could either be a, a, a close game or it could be a, 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 a shootout. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I have full confidence that Kyle Shanahan can out-scheme Sean McVay. Now, I will say one thing that I'm kind of keeping, keeping an eye out for is Trent Williams, is he going to play? And two... So hard to beat a team three times in a year. We saw that happen last year in the postseason where the Saints beat Tampa twice in the year and then they lost to them in the postseason. Um, obviously, different circumstances, different scenarios. They have Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. But uh, th those are just two things that I'm kind of looking out for. I just know it's very difficult to beat three teams in a, year, in, in a calendar year. But if anybody can do it, it'll be Kyle Shanahan and company because it seems like they, whatever the Rams do, the 49ers have their number. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're mentioning that it's hard to win three times in a calendar year. We are 6-0 and in our last six matches against these Rams. So, yeah, yeah, we've won two this year, but we've also won two the year before and two the year after, and they were all with uh, Sean McVay. So, for some reason, we, we're just able to scheme better uh, against McVay. Like, it's like Shanahan knows how to beat the matchup every time. Even even when he makes adjustments, he make, Shanahan makes the reverse adjustments and it gets fixed. A couple of uh, key things to note for this game is uh, we're going to have K1 Williams back uh, where we didn't have him uh, in the last week against the Rams. And K1 Williams, our nickel, is you know one of the better nickels in the league. And he covers the slot, which is where Cooper Cup is. And that is exactly what we need against this Rams team. Cooper Cup is obviously their ultimate weapon. You know, he dropped 122 on us on 11 receptions in our last game that we faced at the end of the year. It, you know, it, we couldn't stop him because we didn't have a nickel. So hopefully K1 Williams being there will, uh, you know, help out with that position. And then another thing, as you mentioned, Trent Williams. We didn't have him in that uh, Week 18 game against uh, the Rams. So... If he is healthy, that's a major bonus. It helps the run game, which was already decently dominant in uh, the first matchup against the Rams. And, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell, again, in the second matchup, 
with 85 rushing yards, and that was without Trent Williams. So whether he's in there or not, we should be fine, and hopefully we can continue to rely on the running game to get drive started. And, you know, Jimmy G made two picks in the uh, last game against the Rams. So he, he's got to work on reading the play correctly, not not getting too pressured, and then when he does, just throw the ball away. That's the one thing I wish Jimmy G would do more, just throw the ball away. You don't always have to do that, oh, I'm going to throw it up there, and then that's why it gets picked. There's so many times where I'm just looking at the play, I'm telling Jimmy G just to throw it away, and he never does, and it just angers me. I I think we'd all wish Jimmy G to throw it away, Jevy. It's the same way that I feel about when Jimmy G takes off with his legs. I'm like, just please slide. Don't take a hit. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like it's yep. Jimmy just does Jimmy things, man. It makes no sense sometimes, but I don't know. It it is what it is with him. But I don't know. When I look at this matchup, I feel the same way in this in the regard that. It takes a lot to beat a team three times, let alone seven straight times. And that's the thing that makes me a little bit worried going into this game is that, yeah, the Rams are freaking talented, but yet the Niners find a way to win. It's funny how Bill Walsh once said to the old Niners team back in the 80s, he said, it takes a whole team with heart to win a game. When I look at the Niners, and Mike, you said it too. I think what you said was actually an excellent point that not a lot of people have talked about. The Rams have a lot of talent, but they don't have a lot of guys that have been there and done that, except for Von Miller. That's an excellent point that you brought up. I I haven't really thought of that because, as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Donald has been to the Super Bowl and lost. Jalen Ramsey has only been to a conference championship and lost. And then there's really just Von Miller. Stafford, this is the, the furthest he's ever been into the playoffs. Last year was really his biggest win, right, really of his whole career. So the Rams haven't really had as much success, whether the Niners just coming off that, you know, that that playoff run. But I like the way that you said that because the Niners have been in a lot of battle-tested games dating back to even 2017. You look at Shannon's first year, how many games the Niners were in early on that we lost by two points, three points, one point. We lost, like, I think it was five consecutive games by three points or less. The Niners have always been battle-tested, and I think that's what kind of made them the team that they are today. And then starting out the season three and five and getting this one, getting their ass kicked by Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals in week nine, kind of lit a fire under the ass, and now the Niners are here where they are. And here's the thing when I look at this matchup. Cooper, Chevy, you put it perfectly. Cooper Cup, man. If the Niners can find a way to... Cause I, I, honestly, I honestly think Cooper Cup is so damn good you can't take him away from a game. You just have to limit him and slow him down. Cooper, they will find a way to force feed him. But I just look at the fact of what the Niners have done the last two weeks. CD Lamb is one of the best up-and-coming receivers in all of football, and Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in all of football. The Niners didn't let either do squat on them. CD Lamb, literally nothing. Devontae Adams started off, and then they slowly took him away. They started throwing more double teams at him, then they slowed him down because Rodgers didn't throw to any. He didn't even look anyone else's way other than Devontae Adams. When I watched the Rams, I'd say oh, Odell is getting in there a little bit more. They're throwing it. But other than Odell, who do the, who do the Rams throw to? Van Jefferson a little bit here and there, but Cooper Cup is the main guy that they throw to. I'm not worried about the Niners stopping the run. The Niners are um, I've been outstanding at stopping the run over the past several weeks. I'm not worried about them stopping the run. It's Cooper Cup. If the Niners can find a way and D'Amico Ryans can do what he's done the last two weeks and try to slow down Cooper Cup, Chevy, that was a great point with Kwan Williams coming back. That is huge. And I also want to throw out the fact of, I know I like to I like to roast Josh Norman a lot on this podcast, but, but hey, Josh Norman came in for two plays in this Packers game, and they are significantly underrated. Like, no one has really talked about it. It was in the fourth quarter. I think it was Dante Johnson went out briefly with an injury. I think it was Josh Norman comes in and they go straight. Aaron Rodgers sees it and he goes, they're, they're bringing in someone else. I'm going straight to Devontae Adams. Josh Norman shut him down twice, three and out. Niners get the ball back. I honestly want to give Josh Norman a lot of credit in that regard for coming in there and getting that key stop. Niners second, hopefully we get Ambry Thomas back this week, but the secondary has got to play a big part. And I'm looking forward to see how, they can slow this Rams team down. But speaking of Kyle Shanahan, when we were talking about him, this I cannot express how big of a game this is for him and his legacy. For Kyle Shanahan to take this team to two Super Bowls in three years, one, is an unbelievable accomplishment. 
Number two, to beat Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay in back-to-back games to get to the Super Bowl. I can't tell you how much that would mean for Kyle Shanahan and road. his legacy. On the road. On the road as well. And, Mike, I want to get your your take on that and saying, you know, how big of a game. And not even just for McVay. I know for McVay, this is freaking huge for him too. For Shanahan and McVay, we all knew this day would come where they would meet in the playoffs with a Super Bowl on the line. These two are as good as it comes in terms of head coaching in this league. But, you know, g- give, me your t- give me your takes on, on this coaching matchup and how big of a game it is for both of them. Yeah, uh, real quickly, touching back a little bit. Uh, I think this postseason, to me, uh, for comparing it to the whatever happens at the NFC title game, uh, I think this postseason, in my opinion, is more impressive than the 2019 postseason because we were the number one seed. We had home games all throughout. And let's be honest, some of these games are pretty easy. I mean, we beat Minnesota with relative ease. We beat Green Bay. That I was at the game. That game was over at halftime. These yep. games that the 49ers are playing on the road were difficult games. And I think it means a little bit more. And and I think when 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 these guys are talked about 20, you know, 20 years from now, 15 years from now, when Kyle's talked about 15 years from now, I think a lot, I think they're gonna talk about, man, he went. He went to Lambeau Field in zero-degree temperatures and won games on the road. I think road playoff games, when you win on the road in the playoffs, I think it just means a little bit more in my opinion. But now to, to 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 the other point, I mean, what more can we say? These two guys have been tied to the hip. Uh, since you know what their Washington football team yep. days, uh, yep. you, you know Kyle, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. They brought they brought these kids in, the Lafleur kids, the McDaniel's came in, and and he kind of molded them. And it's kind of a, a little uh, a scenario of uh, you know the 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 um the it's Kyle's kind of like the father figure in this type of uh, um, in this scenario because. He's the guy that brought them in, and he's he's uh, and he's showing them who's boss at the moment. I mean, you look at Lafleur; we beat him in two crucial playoff games, and and you know they beat us twice in the regular season. But you know, I think obviously when you look at the playoffs, that 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 holds more more water. And, and then you look at Kyle and and how he's pretty much dominated the regular season battle between both teams, including that Week 18 game to go to the to go to the playoffs, it was win and you're done. That was that was it. And and Kyle, in that second half, adjusted and, and kind of uh, uh, out coached Sean McVay, uh, and and that's been a, a constant thing. Kyle has out coached these guys, um, and and I know Kyle's been getting a lot, got a lot of grief earlier in the year about his coaching abilities and his play calling abilities. You know that that's been kind of put to bed, but I. What this game means for both is, is uh, I think this game, if I had to weigh who, who does it mean more for in terms of legacy, I mean, if Sean McVay loses this game, there's no coming back from this. I mean, that, I mean he's uh, no coming back from it in the sense that, I mean, that would mean that Shanahan has his complete number. Because when you win at your home in an NFC title game, I mean, it might not really be their home this 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 afternoon. <laughs> we'll see. But but that I think to me holds so much water in my opinion, and and this this has to be. I mean, I cannot imagine these guys are probably getting zero sleep trying to put together a game plan. And I gotta I gotta think that that this is kind of, I mean, Sean McVay's you know mini Super Bowl here because uh, he has a lot to prove here in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is important for both of their legacies. Well, the first thing I want to say about Shanahan, you, you mentioned it, Mike, where you're talking about how earlier in the season, we're three and five, you know, I everyone's, a lot of people are talking about Shanahan, not making the right decisions, you know, is his job up in the air after the extension? Obviously, we're saying no, uh, Shanahan's are still ours, he's ready. And, and people just, you know, they counted him out. And then he just kept on winning in the second half of this season with Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. He keeps on winning and he finds ways in the playoffs to win. Listen, the Cowboys and the Packers are two of the strongest teams in the NFC. People were saying the Packers are the 
favorite to win the Super Bowl coming in to it. And, and we beat them. And, and you know, we outcoached them. And, and I think Shanahan really deserves the respect uh, from everyone in the media and everyone everywhere. You know, he's made it this far. Th- two out of the last three seasons, he made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. And listen, if, if he makes it again, it's him and Mahomes who have been to the Super Bowl the last two to three years. So that's a pretty good company to be with Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. You know, they're one of the best teams in football. And, and if you're winning with uh, Jimmy G at quarterback and, you know, you think Trey Lance could potentially be the future, you're already showing what you can do as a coach. And then bringing in that extra element, I just – I'm excited to see what the future holds for Sh- Shanahan and this team. But, yeah, with McVay, you know, he, he kind of risked it all trading for Stafford, you know. This is his guy. This is the guy he's going to win with and he will win with in in his mind. So this is the final roadblock, as you said, against the the Niners, against Shanahan. Can he get this victory? And if he can't, it's kind of, you know, funny for Niners fans as Shanahan was actually trying to go after Stafford all offseason before the Rams made the deal. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it's the Matthew Stafford bowl between these two coaches. So we'll see uh, if uh, Stafford made the right decision or if maybe he should have come to the Niners. But, yeah, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's good for both these coaches uh, to make it to where they are. And the NFC West is clearly by far the best division in all of football, even though there was no doubt before that. And, uh, yeah, here they are, the NFC West Conference Championship, basically. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, I know they're buddies and all their brothers and all that, but when it comes to these games, they absolutely hate each other. And they absolutely hate losing to each other. And I know for McVay, this has been an absolutely painful three years. And I remember watching his post-game press conference after the Week 18 game a few weeks ago. I could just tell. I just watched McVay, and you could just hear it in his voice. He's like, this is getting so bleeping tired of sitting up and talking to these media about what went wrong against the 49ers. I know Sean McVay, this would be the ultimate, you know, F you to everyone else if the Rams were able to pull this off. But as much as I say that for Sean McVay, I say that for Kyle Shanahan. It would be the ultimate F you for Kyle Shanahan to go into the SoFi Stadium in Sean McVay's house, beat him for a second time in that building in a month a seventh straight time, and to go to the Super Bowl right back in his building would be the ultimate, yeah, I'm better than you. Forget the whole other six games that happened that the Niners won. Shanahan wants this more than anything, and so does McVay, which I think puts the emphasis on this as if there was enough emphasis already with just with a trip to the Super Bowl. But again, the one the both of you alluded to, it's not just any Super Bowl. It's a home Super Bowl for either of the team. This might be the first time in NFL history that we have a conference championship game where the winning team gets a home Super Bowl. The Rams win. They play in their home stadium. The Niners win. They play in a stadium that's in California where Niner fans are going to flood that stadium, which they're probably going to flood it again this weekend too. So McVay, just a, just a heads up, maybe this time you won't be caught off guard. So maybe this time it won't get to your head a little bit. But... We'll see what happens, man. This is there's just so much on the line. But speaking of that whole SoFi takeover, I'm assuming you both saw the whole notice that that they put out there, and now it's been taken and now it's been taken off. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Mike, got anything to say about that? I mean, I I think uh, the Titans try to do something similar to uh, a Bengals fan, but I mean. it, it to me, I mean, we we know how fickle. Uh, I mean, at least I know, because I'm here from California, right? And and I know how fickle LA fans are. They're you know they got the bright sunshine, they got Hollywood, they got things to do at all times of the day, all times of the year, you know. And uh, and and it, it it doesn't surprise me that we would be bossing them in their own stadium. The 49ers, man, they got. You know, you always hear about the traveling fan bases of the Cowboys, of the Raiders, of the Steelers, of the Packers. You know, now you're starting to finally hear that the 49er empire is out there and we're everywhere, man. I went to New Orleans two years ago, that famous game at the Superdome in 2019. That's a great game to be at. Man, that was, there was a Niner takeover there. I would say that that stadium was maybe 30, 40% 49er fans, but we were the loudest ones in there. 
I went to the Seattle game this year. Unfortunately, we did lose, but another 49er takeover. And then just being at home and seeing takeovers at, at in Jacksonville, in L.A., in, um, in Dallas. I mean, we had such a passionate fan base. I believe we got a very underrated fan base. And I, this year, it's finally getting noticed, and I'm, and I'm happy about that. Um, but my take on that entire uh, Ticketmaster fiasco, <laughs> I mean, if, if you ever put enough public pressure on, on an organization or a company, they're going to they're gonna make it happen. They took, you know, Ticketmaster took, that, took down that rule, and, you know, reports now are that tickets, uh, tickets are, are about 50-50. It seems like, a, it seems like a 49er fans have, have bought about 50 to 60% of the tickets. At least that's what I saw in a recent report, uh, actually, that I read before coming on, coming on the show. Um, but so there's going to be a sea of red there, man. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I wish I was going to the game. Instead, I'm going to be gambling on, at the game. I'm going to be at the casino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought the entire ticket fiasco was kind of a joke and so funny. And, you know, I loved how all the players got in on the drama, you know, mm-hmm. saying that they would go to Rams fans and buy their tickets to get them for other fans and stuff like that. You know, I just think it shows you how close this team really is and how much they love the fans and support the fans. And which is why you're going to see a huge 49ers rush uh, on Sunday against the Rams in LA, because as you said, the Niners are going to take over. They always do. Our fan base is always there to support and it's not going to, you know, come back down again. You know, we're going to be there this Sunday. And yeah, I I thought it was hilarious, man. That was complete jokes, honestly. And you know what? You know what's another thing that I saw someone tweet that just makes this whole thing ten times more funny? Because you would think that you know Los Angeles, the new this new palace, this new amazing stadium, when everyone coming and blah blah blah, they named it SoFi Stadium. SoFi Technologies. Where may you ask? Was this was this business based in San Francisco, California? <laughs> Nicely done, Los Angeles Rams to name your beautiful new stadium from a business in San Francisco. Just wanted to throw that in in there just as, a, as an extra, just but I think it's absolutely hilarious. But that is funny. It, it's it's jokes, but I hope it's another see right. We travel better than anybody in the NFL. This fan base is absolutely everywhere. The 49ers are a, I mean, we're a global brand. We got fans mm-hmm. everywhere around this world. So it's not a surprise that we got fans coming to all these road games and everything. But I actually want to circle back to a point, Mike, you made a little earlier about being a wild card team and, and winning these road games. I absolutely agree with you. Being a wild card and going on th- this run makes it so much more special to be it. To, to win, to get into the playoffs in the fashion that the Niners did was crazy enough. Then to go into Dallas and win in that fashion of how that game ended was wild enough. And then to go into Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers, number one seed, snowing, and to come out with a win like that, it's, again, everyone keeps kind of comparing this team to the 2007 Giants. I can see the similarities there, but can the Niners finish it off? That's the thing. And ironically, those 2007 Giants beat the Packers and Cowboys on that run as well. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if that can be a little similar here. But before we wrap this thing up, I mean, we got to at least kind of, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to talk about the Niners going to the Super Bowl yet. They got to beat the Rams. However, if hypothetically the Niners get this job done, who would you guys rather see? Are you guys trying to see the Niners take on KC in a revenge game? Or you want a little bit of a nostalgic, historic matchup with the Niners and Bengals? Mike, what do you think? Well, a lot of people are saying, hey, I want to see a rematch of the Chiefs. I want to see, you know, I want to beat the Chiefs. Man, I want the easiest possible opponent possible. <laughs> and and I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to be easy. But nah, they, they gave us a run for our money earlier. Absolutely. But when I stack up both of those teams, I just think, man, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Jesus Christ, give me the Cincinnati Bengals. I think we can I, – I, and I think the key thing there is that – I think Kyle Shanahan is just so much better of a head coach than than uh, Zach, Zach, Taylor. Zach Taylor than Zach Taylor. I think he can out scheme him. I think he can. I, I I I just think when you look at both teams, top to bottom, that the 49ers can outclass the Cincinnati Bengals. Now I might be eating my words here, but 
I do think, and if if you're if you're alluding to a prediction here, I think Kansas City is gonna gonna beat uh gonna going to beat Cincinnati. I know it didn't happen in the regular season, but that's the regular season. This is when the big boys come to play, and and uh, and uh, I, I know that they beat the Titans, but did anybody really? <laughs> You know, was anybody really like, oh, my God, this Titans team deserves to be a number one seed? You saw Ryan Tannehill, and I'm like, oh, it's Ryan Tannehill. Those two interceptions really did make sense. I, and, 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 and so I want us to play the Bengals. I like the historical aspect there. I like the fact that, you know, Joe Montana went in there and killed their dreams in the 80s. And, uh, you know, I'd rather avoid – uh, Andy Reid and and uh, the Patrick Mahomes, but uh, you know, maybe the 49ers need to put an end uh, put an end to uh, the Kansas City uh, run of uh, r- the Kansas City run, and maybe that's what's in our destiny. Seen as how you know we kind of uh, put an end to the Saints, put an end to uh, Aaron Rodgers there, and and hopefully putting an end to uh, to this Rams uh, 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 team that that people are. Are talking about as some sort of a, a you know all star team with super all these, team uh, super team you know so you know maybe maybe the Niners can uh, can uh, just uh, put the naysayers down once more. Yeah, you know I, I look at these two matchups. I think it would be cool to see the rematch against the Chiefs, but I would much prefer to face the Bengals. You know I love watching Joe Shiesty and Jamar Chase play, but I look at the Bengals team and I look at the Niners. And I think, you know, you look back a little bit of the matchup into the regular season, the Niners do match up decently well against uh, the Bengals. You know, the one big uh, flaw on the Bengals team, everyone knows it's their offensive line. And what is the one key big part of our defense? Our defensive line. So if you're winning in the trenches, you're winning the game. And I feel like we will be able to win in the trenches against the Bengals. Whereas, you know, the... Chiefs, the Chiefs have a decent O-line and, and their defense has picked it up uh, lately and they've really got hot. You know, I, I never really want to face Patrick Mahomes because it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. It, you know, everything Patrick Mahomes does is just spectacular when he tries. You know, there's times he doesn't try and he still wins games. So as much as I would like to see the rematch of Chiefs-Niners, I kind of want to stay as far away from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as possible. The Chiefs scare the living daylights out of me, so I wouldn't really want to deal with that. Having said that, for the Niners to possibly potentially play them in another Super Bowl and potentially be in it Jimmy Garoppolo's final game, it would be poetic justice to kind of put that to rest and get that dub, I think would mean a whole ton to our fan base, that team, um, all the players, the organization, I think would mean a lot for that to happen. Um, the, the Bengals match up again. I, I, I absolutely we match up better against them. No doubt about that. But I think just because the Niners won their first Super Bowl against the Bengals, they have that nostalgic reason. Actually, my friend brought up this this fun fact that John Madden's first ever Super Bowl was Bengals 49ers in the 80s. I thought that was kind of cool as well. Um, so I think that has a nice little, you know, meaning to it to play the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But wherever the way this goes, I I mean I just want the Niners to be there. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't really care yeah. who it is, you know, to see them in there, but we'll see what happens. Bengals Chiefs should be a good game. You know, I know a lot of people are kind of shocked that the Bengals got where they were, but th- the Chiefs haven't lost a game. They've only lost one game since week seven, and the Cincinnati Bengals were the only team to beat them. So I know that game was in Cincy, but, I mean, it's not much of a surprise when you think about it that way. Um, yeah, but that should be a hell of a game too, and then we'll see what these Niners can do against the L.A. Rams. But with that, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time out, brother. This was a great time. And hopefully the Niners are moving on to Super Bowl 56, and hopefully they get the best of the Rams again. No, I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. Or I'm right there with you guys. I think it's going to have a good feeling about next week, uh, this week. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited uh, for, for the game. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You guys do tremendous work. If you need somebody in the offseason to, to shoot the shit, you know, have me on. We can talk about uh, salary cap. We can talk about free agency. We can talk about the draft picks that we don't have. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, 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 the next time, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, sounds good. Thank no you. worries, brother. Take it easy.
And if you have not done already, please give the Angry Degenerate podcast a follow on Instagram or the rest of his other social medias. He does some incredible work as well um, in that as well. Chevy, let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Final thoughts. Yes, sir. Final thoughts. You know, I think it's going to be a big week going against the divisional rivals and the Rams. We've already faced them twice. We've got two victories. So, you know, I, I say we get a third. We got to stop Cam Akers. We got to stop Cooper Cup. And then if you can contain the offense, you know, we just got to keep getting uh, the run game going. Once the run game's established, hopefully Jimmy G can make a couple of nice throws. And hopefully we're putting him in situations where he doesn't have to feel too much pressure because, you know, you look at that all-star D-line for the Rams. You look at Vaughn Miller. You look at Aaron Donald. They're going to be pressuring Jimmy G. So as long as Jimmy G is uh, comfortable and, you know, making the right decisions, I think we have a good chance again against this team. Let's play our brand of football, man. If the Niners can do that, they can beat anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place. As you just saw, they just beat the Packers in a blizzard in Lambeau Field. They can do it wherever you want. As long as they play smash mouth football, run the ball down your throat, be the more physical team in the trenches, and the Niners can take care of business here. And one last note before we end off here, a quick look at the injury report. Trent Williams is kind of the only big name here, questionable with an ankle injury, but obviously he expects to play and hopes to play. Elijah Mitchell is resting the week with a knee injury, but also expected to play. Debo, Jimmy G, both expected to play. Debo dealing with a banged-up knee. Jimmy G, obviously, with a thumb on the shoulder, but he's good to go. And then Ambry Thomas is questionable as well. He missed last game against Green Bay. Hopefully, he will be ready to go in this game as well. But let's see if the Niners can pull it off, man. NFC Championship game, Shanahan McVay, Rams Niners Part 3. Doesn't get any better than this with a trip. The Super Bowl 56 on the line. And perhaps a home Super Bowl in that regard. It's the same. It's the same narrative every time, man. Every time Niners Rams Rams were always standing in the way. Niners were three and five in Week Ten. Niners need a win. They get it done. Niners need a win Week Eighteen to get into the playoffs. Niners get it done. Niners trying to get to a Super Bowl. Who stands in their way? The Los Angeles Rams or the Los Angeles Lambs. All right, that'll do it from this episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Good luck, faithful. Raid that stadium on Sunday, and let's go Niners. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Take it easy, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep a lock. Stay tuned. We got a lot more Niner content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.